our clients are doing well, I feel like we are doing well as a practice. This study helps us in that level, you know, in the sense of glucosamine could, can have some pro, pro, prophylactic effects that could help your horse if fed at the correct levels. Welcome back to Riding to Excellence. I'm your host, Louisa, the social media manager at Energy Equine. For episode four, Dr. Chad Hewlett is back with us today, and we're going to try something new on the podcast, dissecting and discussing a veterinary study that was brought to our attention. I dreamt up this idea when I found myself saying to a fellow equestrian, well, studies have shown, and I quickly realized that I was guilty of never actually reading that particular study on the specific topic. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's done this. First off, studies aren't exactly readily available to those that aren't truly looking for a specific one. And second, if you're like me, you can read one and not totally grasp what you've read after you've finished. No shame there. We are not veterinarians. I guess it's the whole lack of a scientific background thing going against me. During our recent sports therapy lecture on nutrition hosted at the clinic, our former podcast guest, Dr. Stephen Duran, brought up a study that links glucosamine as a preventative medication for joint degradation in young horses. And that was a total light bulb moment for us. What a great study for us to talk about on the podcast today, given the fact Energy Equine is so so focused on sports therapy. So today, Dr. Hewlett and I are going to break down this particular study for our listeners and discuss the implications of the study. So let's get started. All right, Chad, we recently hosted Dr. Stephen Duran at the clinic to discuss all things equine nutrition. I thought it was a great talk. What do you think of his presentation and what were your takeaways? Um, good morning, by the way. Yeah, I didn't I even say hi. <laughs> really rolled into it this morning. <laughs> That's all right. We might as well get going. We've been at, we've been talking for a little while. Yeah. So anyway, um, but uh, yeah, good morning. I, I, really, I really thought Dr. Duran resonated highly with clients but also with professionals, um, he's you know he's got that edge that a lot of a lot of times gets lost. Where you know you can take um, all the big words and the Greek and Latin and all that stuff and put it together and talk among professionals and make that sound nice, can you know get communicated properly. But just trying to come with the other side of it, like you said, if you're not educated in medicine, how do you get the same value that the people that are med- educated in medicine are getting out of it? And I feel like he really bre- he really bridged that gap. Uh, amazing. I was quite impressed with that. You know, at the end of the lecture, I talked um, to the whole thing of like when we do these uh, sports medicine lecture series, I always try to get at least three things. You know, so if I get five, I'm feeling like it is a big day. Well, I, I would say I got close to 10 just from his lecture. And I know looking around the room that people were getting lots of good value for that you know just the sense of you know what's the percentage of hay i should feed my horse um, looking at the how hay deteriorates or de- degrades over time right like i mean those are things that you can you can sort of think about it but the, he actually showed that that's happening right um, looking at you know selenium deficiency and where it ends up coming maybe it's not necessarily from the soil it's how the hay is how, how it happens over time and you know supplementation of that and talking a lot about recovery, you know, we, we talk about that all the time. Like if you could pick something, would you pick stronger, faster, heavier, all those other things? Probably you should pick recovery. And a lot of what he talked about was his diet brings that to light. Even if he didn't say it directly, I felt like he's, you know, so I picked that up again. You know, it's something that I'd seen. You know, he, he went into the, you know, our topic today is on glucosamine. You know, he talked about chondroitin sulfate, MSM, you know, your micronutrients that help with joint health. And then he talked a lot about the support of if I keep my minerals and my vitamins 
at a level where I'm above that line that's challenged, you know, where if I drop below, okay, well, I can handle it for a little while, but if I'm staying at that, my cell function's better, you know. But he said that without saying, you know, like, this system's doing this and this is doing that and then confusing everybody. He just said, look, at, we're at this level. If I'm dropping to this level by what I'm doing with my hay and my exercise, how do I get myself back here with a supplement, right? And not relying on them to do everything, but finding where they those holes are, right? Um, very practical, too, in the sense of, like, you know, he thought about, you know, how do I get my horse owners to do this? How do I get compliance, right? It's one thing to say, well, you need to feed your horse hay 15 times a day. Well, we're probably not going to get compliance, right? We need to know that we can get something that works for people that have a job or, you know, they're not around their horses all the time. And also at a barn too, you know, like you can't have your people running out and feeding, you know, a dozen times a day. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think he, he really tied it in nice that way. Uh, and question wise, you know, he was, he's a... I, I must admit that it makes me smile because he just he's not afraid to charge right into some of the sensitive things, you know, and that's good. I, yeah. I think it's nice. You know, if there's a if there's a big elephant in the room or a sacred cow, well, sometimes we've got to poke her a little bit right? mm-hmm. or poke him right a little bit. And he did that really well. Yeah, I thought he did a really good job of that. I mean, nutrition is such a heady concept. I struggled with the podcast with him because you just kind of want to ask him, well, like, what's your what's your best recommendation? But each horse is different. You know, each like geographical area is different about, Hey, you know, and he does a really good job of kind of quelling a lot of those questions and then really touching on those like hot topics. Like, well, so-and-so told me to feed this. And he has a really great way of very nicely saying like, well, I'm the expert and I'm telling you right now, don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. And I thought that was really funny and awesome. And it really kept, it kept the, like because it was such a serious topic and because it was so in depth, it really kept the room kind of light and fun. It was a really fun day, yeah. I think. Yeah. All right. So as I alluded to in the intro, Dr. Dern actually inadvertently inspired the topic for this podcast as well. Uh, this is a bit of a mouthful, so bear with me. But today we are looking into a study published by the Journal of Animal Sciences, Animal Science, in August of 2016, titled "Influence of Oral Glucosamine Supplementation." in your horses challenged with interarticular lipopolysaccharide. So basically, Chad and I discussed that. Maybe just break down that study title. What, what are we really looking at today? Okay. So I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll go into research models first, right? So we can get a little bit of an idea of like, you know, the challenge in, in all medicine, I believe, is trying to figure out how I study something in vitro and in vivo, right? I'm not going to use those terms again, okay? So one of them is in the animal itself. One of them's in a petri dish or in a research setting. Okay, so let's just think about how we can take research and compare it or bring it into and help the clinical setting, right? And that's a that's a big thing. And and I feel like the model that they used has been you know is a model that's been replicated and it's shown that we can trust it, right? So I think that's the first thing. So we're going to try and stay away from um, the lipopolysaccharides. We're going to call it LPS. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're going to try. We're going to talk about uh, challenges to the joint. Okay, so inflammation can come in many different ways. In a research study or a research setting, it needs to be reproducible, so that it's the same every time. So that if I actually try to draw a statistical evaluation from that, the variables are all gone. Right. So that would be why this set, this study set up. I know you're not. We're not going to take LPS and inject it into our horses and then be like, oh yeah, my horse is better. No. But they needed something to show that. Okay, so that is supposed is supposed to simulate 
exercise, trauma, um, you know, bacterial loads that say they have a little bit of a leaky gut or, you know, something gets through their bloodstream or their, you know, their, their oxygen levels go down. The LPS is set up to do that, right? To give Mm -hmm. us that effect so that we can actually look at what is our product that we're doing as a treatment, right? Because we're going to take this, um, this prevention this, in this situation is glucosamine, which is kind of cool because I, I smile at this when Dr. Dern brought it up because I was like, I felt clinically and just in my gut that glucosamine has been helping horses and humans for a long time, right? Almost prophylactically. And again, you know, you can get into that hot debate of a lot of people believe, no, it's not, you know, it's just in your head. It's not in your gut, right? Like it's actually not getting through your gut. But I, I've felt that way, like just watching certain horses at the track and over time, you know, you, when you'd feed horses, you'd see 21 to like 30 days in, these horses just seem freer. You know, people would say that they just felt better, right? Again, that is subjective. Nice thing about this study is that it takes some of that subject, subjectivity out mm-hmm. because they fed them for, I think it was around 80 to 90 days to get them loaded and make sure that they had plenty on. And then they did the insult, which is the traumatic event, let's just say. Mm -hmm. So the LPS was the traumatic event. That allows us, because we know when you put that in there, there's going to be certain markers that your body's going to send out. Okay, let's just say messengers. And and then you can start to, then you can get objective data instead of just being like, oh yeah, the horse feels better. No, I measured this marker and this marker was down in in the treatment group. And this marker was up in the non-treatment group or vice versa, you know, and then you can start to roll with, I get some statistics that will work for clinicians and for researchers. And this study, based on the way they did it, that's a pretty classic model, right? And so it's accepted well um, in, in the research community and the clinical setting community. So nice thing about it is they picked up something that would be, that would work. When you look at it, definitely... There was a statistic, sorry, there was a statistical improvement in those horses that were treated. And it's nice to see that, right? Mm-hmm. In the sense of that they, their markers were better than the ones that weren't treated. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're looking for is like, is like we were talking about before on the recovery side. If I'm just one or 2% better at recovering each day over a hundred days, how does that stack up? And I think we, you know, living in our world where things are like, everything's like snap, snap, snap. It happens today. You know, it might be a little bit hard to grasp, but if that glucosamine's only giving me this much, but I'm getting it over this many days, mm-hmm. I feel like that starts to stack up because my horse is moving a little bit better biomechanically each day. If it only takes 10 minutes for him to warm up or her to warm up instead of 20, I gain 10 minutes. Mm-hmm in my ride and what I can do as far as things that are going on, right? Yep. So to me, that's that's a big part of it. If my horse is able to eat a little bit more and travel around in the paddock because it feels better and I don't have to have it on a bunch of insects, and we're, we're fans of that. We use them often and as needed. Mm-hmm. But let's say that glucosamine just gives that horse that ability. Now my horse doesn't have to deal with that. You know, the kidneys don't have to deal with the glucose or the um, inset as it's processed. You don't have the risk of ulcers, you know, all those little things that we think about. Because when you give a horse a drug, you get the desired effect, but you also get what's called the side effects, right? Yeah. And sometimes they're pretty little and they're mitigated pretty easily. On the glucosamine side, I don't know that we know there's any side effects. Like there's not really any side effects. Mm-hmm. Like diarrhea, the horses get diarrhea from it. And from the study, it actually shows that 
we're getting improvement at the joint level, right? Mm-hmm. Almost prophylactically. Yeah. Right? It was a pretty big statement to be made, right? Mm-hmm. Um, good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah. So just to kind of reevaluate, uh, in this particular study, 14 yearlings were fed a control diet or the same diet top dressed with glucosamine twice a day for 84 days, like Chad said. At 84 days, researchers induced inflammation, which mimicked trauma. So when he talks about LPS, uh, lipopolysaccharides, they injected the LPS, which caused inflammation, mimicking you know your basic trauma that you would find in a performance horse. The remaining horses were injected with a solution that acted as a control, did not cause inflammation. So some horses had the inflammation, some didn't. Um, all horses were supplemented for an additional 14 days afterwards with glucosamine and then various blood and synovial fluid sample analysis were performed throughout the study period. I should mention uh, this research was published by Texas A&M University. Researchers included J.L. Leatherwood, K.L. Gale, and J.A. Coverdale. We are actually going to link to the study in the show notes um, just to give you guys some reference if you actually wanted to touch back on it. So we've kind of talked about it already, but let's really talk about first glucosamine. What is glucosamine and why are we using it? Okay. It's a, glucosamine is a, um, a polysaccharide that occurs in, all of, in bone from cartilage. You get it out of shells. You know, you hear people talk about the old days. It was shark cartilage, right? Like everybody's like, oh, I'm feeding shark cartilage. Or I'm feeding, um, you know, shells from the ocean, right? Like, so you, you can extract those big molecules from that. Essentially, they're a polysulfated glycosaminoglycan. And then let's just call it PGAGs for just to make... I'm going to try and keep everything really super short and simple because I, I don't want it to be too heady. But this is say that that's what we're dealing with. In that sense, we're looking for that glucosamine to help repair those bonds that have been damaged, right? That's essentially what we're looking for. Okay. And at the level of, if you were to use hyaluron, like hyaluronic acid, so you know, there's tons of that out there, the, the classic one, and the one that actually I think started the study, that we the, the, the classic study of the LPS challenge and different things was Legend back in the day. Right. right? Again, we're, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't a lecture about Legend. Um, great product and great research. I, I I'm almost positive that first research was done off of this same model, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or a very similar one where they did some chips and some LPS or something at Colorado State. Uh, but coming back to the glucosamine, it's going to help with that cartilage repair and stabilization of the joint area, right? Because you have two things going on. We have three, actually. You have a capsule, so the, the let's say the control of the environment, and that's your synovium or your outer area that keeps that environment its own little world right and the, and things are fed in through that capsule as far as how that joint gets nutrition so the goal is that that glucosamine would end up siphoning you know eat it it's absorbed into your blood goes through the capsule via a, a system a transport system and ends up in the joint and anytime that that cartilage is going under some trauma it would help that cartilage repair itself right and again we're talking about recovery and that's where glucosamine is going to work is more at that hard tissue level. That's what we tell people mm-hmm. right, to try and keep it simple. Yeah. Whereas hyaluronic acid is going to work more at the synovium. Uh, and it's going to help with what's going on here. And it's going to then transfer. It's neat how they two, the two transfer back and forth. Uh, I'll speak another, about another thing too. because, And I'm not trying to get into products, but Adequan did some really neat research a few years ago where, where they actually gave Adequan, which is a polysulfated glycosamine, PGAG, like glucosamine. They gave it to horses, and they actually found that the HA level went up in the joint. It's almost like, I don't know if we know if it produces more or if it just 
maintains what's there, right? Mm -hmm. So if you can supplement one or both, I think you kind of, I think the feeling is that you get some retention Mm -hmm. or some promotion of both. And a benefit with the combination. Yeah. And definitely, definitely if you have more HA or a more solid environment where the joint fluid is more viscous and more slippery, and I have a cartilage that can take concussion and it comes back, you know, it it comes back to its normal shape and it doesn't disfigure or it doesn't um, end up being traumatized or little micro scores. If I can repair that faster, in the end, like we talked about, Every little tiny step in a cutting horse that's getting worked, you know, I don't know, one time a day. Mm-hmm. And if he's being really bad, he gets worked two and mm-hmm. he's really a bugger, gets worked three times in yeah. a day. Or a, uh, an eventing horse that has to go on a course for, what, six to eight minutes mm-hmm. at a very high heart rate. Okay, We know that as the muscles get taxed, they land differently on their joints, right? So this is this is where this is what I think is so cool about this is we get in this little tiny thing. So with that glucosamine, it's just helping that cartilage and that subchondral bone by working on those bonds and replacing things quicker, I, I, I don't see any downside to it. Totally. Right. Yeah. And so the really, the, obviously we've known for a while that glucosamine aids in horses healing, but the really exciting part of this study is that it's building and it's becoming kind of a prophylactic, uh, in this study, glucosamine concentrations in blood and synovial samples collected from supplemental horses increased over time. So meaning the glucosamine built and built and built. And those glucosamine values were higher in the treated group, obviously, than compared to the control group. So the group that was not getting it did not have the inflammation. Um, They did not have as high of levels. Um, And then prostaglandin E2, PGE2, which is an indicator of inflammation levels in synovial fluid, were higher in horses in the control group. So again, horses were all the same, but the horses that were not getting the glucosamine actually had higher inflammation than the horses that didn't. So yeah, I guess just kind of we'll talk a little bit more about the study and kind of what's exciting you in the vet world when it comes to talking about um, treating as a prophylactic and regenerative medicine of glucosamine. Yeah, so this, this, this research study really ties in nicely with our philosophy here and where we've been headed for a long time is, is that we're happy or sorry, I don't like the word happy. We're glad. How about we say that? <laughs> we're, we're more than willing to treat the broken horses. You know what I mean? Like I, I mean, we all went to school at some point and you wanted to be a bit of a hero, right? Like mm-hmm. I saved your horse's life or I, you know, this horse went to that because of me. Well, you know, as you go along, you, for me anyway, it's become more about, I I don't know that I want to make, I'll make the big swings and I'll put the stem cells in and we'll give the rest and we'll do the rehab programs. We're all about that. But on the day to day and 70 to 80% of the things that we do, I want to touch horses before they're broken. And if we start looking at this, this helps us, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is where we can be prophylactically putting things out there. And the fact that this research confirms some of that stuff helps us as a, as a, a profession, I think, to be able to put a little bit more out to our clients to say, hey, I'd like you to try this and I want you to do this because there's research that shows this actually helps your horse, right? So if we tie this back into what we've been doing, you know, we look at our, you know, core balance. Well, nice thing about the training formula and what I loved about it when we were talking to Steph originally was is that it was one scoop and my clients had what they needed for their horse for the day. 
Right? Mm-hmm. So when I put that scoop on, it's got that glucosamine, it's got the chondroitin sulfate, it's got the MSM. Again, those last two weren't researched in this. I, as time goes on, I feel like those will get some, they'll get some traction. There's just, it takes money, right? Mm-hmm. And at this point, glucosamine has gotten such a big push in the human world. There's that's money why for it. it's reflecting in the horse yeah, world. Yeah, that's right. So there's going to be some there's going to be some research done at that level. So you know, we, and, and there's some, there's been some stuff on MSM, the chondroitin sulfate's definitely controversial on the size of the molecule and does it get across? Okay, I don't know that podcast is about discussing that today, mm-hmm. but in my mind, I like to feed all three. I take them myself, and I like the fact this that um, you know Steph was doing that. And then also this lecture, we found out Dr. Duren was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I always wondered who was making the secret sauce, right? Because <laughs> uh, Steph was very um, dialed in and, you know, really knew what she was doing and very educated for a layperson, super educated. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of made sense, like, when you start, when you listen to him talk and how he was, like, he was making sense of everything. So, again, glucosamine, chondroitin sulfate, uh, MS is in, MSM's in there. But then, he, you know, he goes as far as, like, okay, well, we threw in the electrolytes because... I want my horse to, re, you know, to basically, as soon as it's done exercising, if all that stuff is floating around in their gut and being absorbed into their body, as soon as they drink their water, boom, my body comes back to homeostasis. Mm-hmm. And homeostasis for us is that big word of, but let's just say balance, right? I want to sit here and not be dehydrated and I want my cells to be soft and spongy and able to recover. I want the, the membranes of my cells to be pliable. Right, and I want our horses to be that way. And so, if a horse is standing in a good position, joints are there, and they don't have that inflammatory response that you get. I think that's a big part of it. Right, mm-hmm. um, the thyroid support with the kelp. You know, again, we're not trying to get off on all these other things because we're really focused on the joint part. Mm-hmm. So even if a person doesn't choose core balance, right? I think when we're looking at glucosamine, chondroitin sulfate, MSM, I'm going to say this really strong and really state this out there. Please talk to somebody that's educated about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I mean, we push that a lot at our clinic. You know, we we're always about what's the minimum level, what's what's going to work here. You know, how does this? How many fillers are in there? Are you getting enough each day? You know, and and again, not feeding enough isn't terrible, but if you're not getting results and you're blaming the product, then you need to you need to look at why you're not getting results. You know, mm-hmm. am I not feeding enough? And looking at different products and are they um, compatible yeah and dr dern made that great point that you know uh, a respected feed or supplement that has been formulated by um, equine nutritionists with phds that has been you know uh, researched and trialed by veterinarians not just core balance there's other great products as well although we do stand behind core balance um there's a reason that they have the feeding directions that they do you know he made that excellent point like we we make those little scoops that maybe you know the average person that buys a bucket they're like okay we don't need a seven thousand scoops every time we buy a bucket but those scoops are formulated specifically for the product and you're shortchanging your horse by feeding any different than the recommended dosage right and i thought that was such an excellent point you're actually saving money in vet bills in the long run if you're going to be paying money for a great supplement that's fortified for your performance horse yeah a classic one, um, I can remember being in Oklahoma in 1996, and one of my clients, I'm pretty sure her name is Robin Frankenberg, said to me, you know, I don't really, it really is frustrating when I go to the rodeo, if I pay my entry fees ahead of time, they're called entry fees. 
if I go to the rodeo and I lose and I pay them after the rodeo, I feel like I'm added money, right? And so I would <laughs> yeah, just say totally. to myself, like, if you're going to ante up your entry fees, you know, because, like, you know, why don't we just be as prepared as possible, right? Like, and, and again, you know, I mean, I'm not on my soapbox or I'm getting there, but I'm going to stop away. I'm going to step away. Oh, it's a professional it's, soapbox. It's, it's a, a podcast. Pro- <laughs> yeah, so, so I guess you can a little bit, but you know, like we're really, we look at that. We take this like at a level of seriousness that when our clients are doing well, I feel like we are doing well as a practice. That makes sense. Like we see that we take that ownership again, not because we're trying to live through our clients, but we live with our clients. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if we can help with that preparedness and make sure that people are there, I, I think that's a big part of it. And, you know, and this, this, um, this study helps us in that level, you know, in the sense of glucosamine could, can have some pro, pro, prophylactic effects that could help your horse if fed at the correct levels. Mm-hmm. And definitely Core Balance has that. There are lots of other products out there that have that as well. Mm-hmm. But just making sure that it's the right product and you you know you as a consumer are not getting taken by someone that actually hasn't done their due diligence in researching the product yeah i think i think you know we're you know this podcast is all about education and you know it's it's got our opinions in it too there's no doubt about that i mean uh, yeah we never i'm not going to apologize for that like mm-hmm. i i i think anytime that someone starts talking there's some opinion in there right mm-hmm. and so um this is our opinion and and uh, we're going to go with it in mm-hmm. that sense, right? Because we feel solid in it and the fact that we're educated on it. Yeah. Right? And what I love about this study specifically is they did use a top dress glucosamine in feed. Mm-hmm. So a product, you yeah. know, and they obviously don't specify where or how or how they got it or who created it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a top dress feed product. And so in talking with a lot of people, you get people that are either saying, you know, we don't want to inject, we don't want to do this, this, and this. I think it just shows that a holistic approach from how you feed, how you prepare your performance horse, you know, how you do your vet care, it all comes together, injections, products, nutrition, uh, repair, and the like. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, what you said is so true. You you have a plan, you have a an approach to it where you're going to look at things and manage your horse and all of it comes at a different level. Like mm-hmm. there's the daily maintenance, there's the check-in with your vet, there's the check-in with your body worker, there's the chiropractics, there's the, you know, how do I feed and, you know, where am I dialed in and mm-hmm. how do I travel? And, yeah. yeah. And I think like listening to Dr. Dern, it can almost seem overwhelming. Like you just want to call your nutritionist, you want to call your vet, you want to have them all in your house every single day, making, if you're like me as a horse owner, maybe, maybe I'm a little crazy sometimes, but you want everyone like on your team. But I think, you know, with regular check-ins with all those people and really working with your veterinarians, you can get a lot of that from just a regular kind of check-in. How am I doing? How does my horse look? What do you think? Yeah, as they'd say in the in the um, human athletic world, am I dialed in, mm-hmm. and am I move and I'm and am I moving the needle, right? Like, is my ho- am I dialed in with my horse, and is the needle moving? Totally. Am I getting is my horse getting better? Yeah. Am yeah. I getting stronger? Better? Yeah. Am I getting is my horse getting stronger? Is it staying longer at its athletic level? Is it recovering it, better? You know, yeah, yeah. Am I putting more ribbons on the wall, more totally. buckles on my pants? You know, like I mean, those are our measurable metrics sometimes, right? Totally. Yeah. So I guess looking at kind of joint health and studies that are coming out what are you kind of mentioned msn what are what would you like to be further studied in the area of joint health what's kind of um, your hot topic right yeah, now? yeah i think i um you know in the you know and i'm, I'm dangerous for this because i read a lot of human stuff too so i would really like us to look at 
electrolyte supplementation and how it affects horses. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple big universities, and I'm gonna I want to try not to butcher this because, but one in basketball, and I think it was North Carolina, one in football, and I think it was Oklahoma, and we're talking at the college level, mm-hmm. and they went to their athletes and again you know this is this is there can be some mental capacity with it too but they went to them and they said at the beginning of the year if you aren't hydrated you won't start right oh cool yeah so they and they've got tests in humans now where they can add little little, little paper test and pee tests and different things like that so these athletes knew that they needed to drink water and follow the protocol of whatever Gatorade or Whatever, yeah, whatever, whatever they had, yeah, supplementing as well as eating properly, sleeping properly. But the thing was, is that if they were caught not well hydrated, they didn't get to start. And both those teams won national championships on that year. Now to say that that was the only thing, that's a big stretch. Mm-hmm. But hydration is super important. Yeah. And so I always wonder a little bit about that, like you know how much. How much does that play in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one that that one would be one for me. Um, you know, the oral supplementation of hyaluronic acid, big one too. There's been some stuff done on that. You know, and that's highly controversial. Another one is like, I mean, I can get, I'm not get down the rabbit hole, but another one for me is the oils. You know, and Dr. Duran alluded to that. Yeah. I think he kind of, I think supplementation he, oils. Yeah, I think the supplementation of the your, hemp. yeah, your, yeah, like different yeah. oils and omega threes, omega sixes, and omega nines. I don't know that in the horse we know near as much as we do in the humans. So. And Dr. Duran did mention that and yeah. said, you know, in the next 10 years, we might have a very mm-hmm. yeah. great with DNA markers. We might be able to tell better the omega-3 to 6 ratio. But right now, he yeah. did say that's where nutritionists are really struggling in the equine world. Totally. And, in, you know, if you just look at human athletes and they just take uh, fish oils and you put them on fish oil and you figure out the number and whatever it needs to be, those those athletes report within two or three weeks that their muscle soreness and all that stuff goes down right like right away and mm-hmm. that's that's a simple one to talk about but we don't know that with a horse yet yeah. i definitely know that um when we put them on camelina they sure look shiny right yes definitely you know, they they have that shiny nickel look mm-hmm. uh, their feet grow better um you know and people just report those things hemp oil um flax same thing right mm-hmm. it's just a matter of you know is one the one I guess, mm-hmm. right? And how much? Yeah, and I feel like that's a, a rabbit hole in and of itself because now we're seeing um, hemp oil toted with different uh, benefits as opposed to the three and six ratio. And I think that's why all these things for the average horse owner can get a little frustrating because now with social media, you're bombarded with a lot of opinions that aren't veterinary med- medically based. Yeah. And I think that can be very stressful for yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, and if I could say one thing to that they talk about this is again this is i'm going to parallel this back to excellence and riding to excellence is what our podcast is called so let's just say let's compare this to millionaires in business versus non-millionaires in business and the difference that they say that's huge is people that are successful make a decision and they follow a plan one plan if that one doesn't work they'll change but they don't follow two or three plans and hope that one or two of them is going to work, right? And I, so I always say that to, to my clients, like, look, at, you don't have to like the plan that I'm presenting to you. Just be careful that when you're at the barrel race or you're at the cutting or you're at the jumping 
and all these people are, are spewing out all these, well, I do this and I do that and I do this and I do that. Mm-hmm. It's not wrong to listen to what they have to say. Just remember that feeding oil isn't going to make your horse better in 10 days. Mm-hmm. You might need 60 to 90 days. What the glucosamine was 90 days, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes people try things for two or three weeks and they're like, it's not working. Well, it probably is, but just hasn't been long enough, right? Yeah. So pick a path, follow it for a longer period of time in the sense of like things at the, at the cellular level could take 90 days. Yeah. You know, when we're talking about core builder, and again, this isn't going to get off on that, but people say to me, well, I fed it for three weeks and I don't see a difference in my horse. Well, if he gained a pound a day, that's 21 pounds on a 1200 pound horse, he doesn't have to tighten his belt up in the morning. You know, he's not going to notice that the belt got a little tighter and you're not going to see it either, right? Mm -hmm. He needs to gain, he or she needs to gain 50, 60, 70 pounds before you're probably going to notice unless you're weighing him on a scale. And most of us don't have a scale. Yeah. Like I don't even have one here. That's one of the things that when we make enough money, we're going to put one in the ground because I'd like to start weighing horses, right? Yeah. Because it's so subjective. And it's so, yeah, you know, you throw out someone like for your export papers, they ask you how much your horse weighs. You say 1,100, (laughs) like, yeah, yeah, 1,000. If it's a really small cutting horse, 900. (laughs) Yeah, you're probably pretty close. But if I've been feeding a supplement for 30 days, it would be great. And the horse gained 30 pounds, that's a successful supplement. Mm hmm. Right. Totally. We can't, we can't discount that. So, uh, yeah, I think that's one of the things I would tr- try to drive home is like that, uh, glucosamine, the fact that they did it after 84 days. Yeah. You know, continued takes... to feed for 14 before and then pulled yeah. synovial fluid the whole time. Yeah, totally. And yeah. you, you know, so you're going to need, there's just, there's going to be that rubber band effect, you know, where you have to pull back the bow on the bowstring or the rubber band and you're not going to see results necessarily like boom right away. No. Even though it's happening. Totally. Yeah, so I guess kind of to wrap up the podcast, because we've really touched on everything we wanted to, um, it was a, definitely an exciting paper that Dr. Dern kind of put us on and really just reaffirmed preventative and prophylactic medicine that we're kind of focusing on in the clinic. The results of the study indicated the potential for oral glucosamine uh, to mitigate that big word, interarticular inflammation. So basically indicate a positive uh, de- de- decrease in inflammation when feeding glucosamine. And glucosamine also influence that healthy cartilage turnover that we like to see in young horses. Um, so yeah, glucosamine supplementation decreased inflammation while supporting the growth of new cartilage in response to a joint insult in a young growing horse when the glucosamine was administered for 84 days prior to said insult. So yeah, just kind of a really exciting study that reaffirms kind of what we're doing at the clinic. Yes. Yeah. And I guess other than that, we don't have really anything else to touch on because we touched on so many things today. (laughs) Do you have anything that you would like to say to wrap up the podcast today, Dr. Hewlett? Yeah, I'd I'd like to say um, to Louisa, thanks for doing this with us. This is this has been a joy. And I feel like I I I know it's going to just keep getting better as we go along. Uh, We would definitely like client input sent to Louisa via email or to the clinic on things that you'd like to hear about because we this is your podcast. I mean, Obviously, we're doing it to help, and so feedback is going to give us a, a big boost in there. Yeah. And um, so far, I think we've been pretty lucky with Dr. Duren showing up. Yeah, right place, just, right time. Yeah, right place. <laughs> just every, you know, like as our old friend from Notre Dame would say, you know, luck occurs when preparation meets opportunity. And you know, he showed up, and we were prepared. You were prepared, and I think we got a really nice hit out of that for our clients. Yeah, so. you know, we had, I think we had a full house that day. 
it was a really people were really excited for it and i think we were too but he really did blow us away a little bit and just you know the depth of his knowledge and i think everyone walked away with something from the comments that we've seen on facebook everyone was so happy and they learned so much and now they all want him back because they want to re rehash all the questions they have now so hopefully <laughs> in the future we could maybe get him back but he uh again to push dr duran he's performance horse nutrition and he does have some great books one that i'm gonna pick up he wrote specifically after hearing people's questions at nutrition lectures and it's called 101 horse nutrition questions so i think that's probably if you have questions still maybe pick up that book to push him a little bit more um yeah the podcast has been really exciting it's been really fun i think we really would love input. Uh, the idea to dissect some of these studies, if you have come across a study or you have someone telling well, telling you, well, that's been studied and you kind of want to ask a, veterinary's, a veterinarian's opinion, shoot us uh, an email at the clinic and we'll kind of look into it and see. We're going to, Kasara, Dr. Toth has been super busy, but we're going to try to drag her on the podcast soon. So you yeah. might get her voice pretty quick here. Yeah. And yeah, any input would be great. Make sure to comment on Facebook and Instagram and let us know how we're doing. Thank you. Thanks, Chad. We'll talk to you later. Okay.